This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Oh, glory to God. It's good to be in church, isn't it? Amen, amen, amen. We wasn't here Sunday. We got to go down to Sarah. One of our grandbabies dedicated down in Oceanside. Or Vista, actually, wasn't it? <clears throat> Vista, Oceanside. But anyway, it was another church, really great church. We go there every January. Uh, actually, February now. What's, what's the date of the conference? Okay. All the, all the San Diego Holy Spirit people want to go this year. We're going to start promoting it pretty soon. It's going to be February 4th through the 7th. So if you need to put in for vacation, start thinking about that to go with us. It's an awesome way to start off the year, but it's really, really wonderful. We're down there Sunday. It was a good, good services. We enjoyed it, but it's good to be back home. Amen. How many love their church? I love my church. Good place to be. Well, we're teaching on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. This will actually be part nine. Been working at this since first week of June. And so, uh, anyway, listen to it online, the podcast. You can buy the tapes if you go to the antique store, but we don't sell tapes anymore because they went the way of the dinosaurs. So that's just the way it is. But anyway, uh, they're on the, they're on the podcast and that's even better because they're free. So you get to listen to them that way. I want to show you the book, The Holy Spirit. Uh, study guide. This is the main thing I'm teaching out of, of course, with the Bible. But this book here is one of the best books that I've ever, ever read on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I, uh, back in my early Christian life, early ministry, I was under Dr. Lester Sumrall a lot, which was really one of the big Holy Ghost guys for generations, generations. And actually, I was associate pastor at his TV, at his TV station for a couple of years. I was around him a lot, watched him operate, watched him flow. There was Brother Hagin. I was around Brother Hagin a lot and watched him flow. And, it, and for years, the Lord used us in those gifts. So anyway, God wants this church to live up to his name, a Holy Ghost church. God wants the Holy Ghost to be able to manifest in the church. And the uh, thing is, he doesn't bless ignorance. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And it takes faith to hook up with God, but he wants to use you in something. So that's why we're teaching on it. So you'll see from the Word of God what to do and how to do it. But anyway, that book in the bookstore is really, really good. We've been selling out. Melinda says you got another batch of them coming in. But uh, you really need to do extra study at home on things like this to get a hold of it and pray and let the Lord reveal things to you. But tonight, we're going to go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians 12. And we're going to be reading verse 7 through 11. And this is a refresher to see this, but you need to keep on seeing it. It says, The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all, or literally to profit all. And Brother Hagin keeps pointing out in the study manual that these chapters in Corinthians were not written to an individual in the church. They were written to the congregation of the church. And I went back a few minutes ago and looked at, looked at chapter 1 again in 1 Corinthians, and the Apostle Paul says, to the church and the saints at Corinth. And so God wants churches to flow in the Holy Ghost. The pastors, for sure, he wants the individual members to know who the Holy Ghost is and how to operate the Holy Ghost. And you know, when I was first born again, I, uh, I guess kind of like a lot of people, I, I just kind of had a, had a thing that I thought, you know, the Holy, Holy Spirit, it was like a, like a puff of smoke in there, like just something floating around in the air. 
But there's the Holy Spirit, which lives in us, and then the person of the Holy Ghost, which is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And did you ever notice in the book of Acts, it always talks about the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, because the book of Acts is the first time that the Spirit of God lived in man and then manifested through man. And so we got God the Father, we got God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost is just as real as the Father and the Son are. And then, you know, I know that, though I can't get too far out here, i got to stay before I want to go tonight. But, you know, a lot of Christians, I'm a pastor, is supposed to teach people and help them. A lot of Christians don't, don't realize the different dispensations of God. In the Old Testament, that was the dispensation of God the Father. And that was, that was a whole lot different side of God than we have in the New Testament. And then in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels, that was the dispensation of the Son. And then he went to heaven, and when he went to heaven, he sent the Holy Ghost back. And we're in the church age, or the age of the Holy Ghost now. And so this is the time for the Holy Ghost to shine. And it's time for the Holy Ghost Christians to be Holy Ghost Christians. Amen. Amen. And I, I pointed out in First Corinthians, uh, there, there's a law of progression. You see, in chapter 11 of 1 Corinthians, he teaches about communion. Communion gets you cleaned up so you can live holy <clears throat> and be clean. And then 1 Corinthians 12, where we're at right now, teaches about the church, the body getting along together, and then about the gifts of the Holy Ghost. And then to chapter 13, about everybody that's born again, Baptist, anybody, they know chapter 13 is called the love chapter. And so after you get cleaned up, and then 1 Corinthians 12 teaches you about the different parts of the body. It talks about, you know, the foot's not a hand, the eye's not an ear. They've all got different functions. But then it's got the gifts there, and then he takes you to chapter 13 back to the love part. Faith works by love. The gifts work by love. And so we've always got to know that God is love. And so if we're going to be Christians that are Holy Ghost Christians, and God is love, and we're created in His image, and His Spirit lives in us now, then we're going to have to recognize that we as Christians have to train ourselves to shut off our emotions, our head, when it comes to these different emotions, what to control us, because hate is not of God. Strife is not of God. If he's not of God, well, how come so many Christians yield to those things? Well, as other things, well, we're three-part being. We're spirit, soul, and body. And the more that we get ourselves immersed in God and his word, filled with his spirit, and learning to yield to the new nature on the inside, then the more we'll tell the old man, shut up. I don't hate, I forgive. I don't lie, I speak the truth in love. I don't want to put down on people, I'm going to lift people up. And the more we start flowing like that in life, in everyday life, because in church, it's easy in church to come in and put on your church face. But you know, you got to have your church face on when you go to work too. <clears throat> you got, you know, how, how sinners go to ever experience the love of Christ if Christians act like sinners on the job? Oh, well, pastor, you're meddling too much. Get back to here. <laughs> but no, I'm telling you, God wants this to be a Holy Ghost church. And I'm going to do everything I can to trade us up in the things of the Spirit. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I want to look at verse 7, just point out a few things again. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit all. He wants the congregation, the people here, to profit by manifestations of the Spirit. And that's what the gifts of the Spirit are. They're manifestations of the gifts of the Holy Ghost. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith. That's what we're going to talk about tonight, uh, the gift of faith. 
faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one the self-same Spirit, divided every man severally, or my center column says, divided every man individually as he wills. As he wills. And so what he's telling us right here, and you know, I've talked about this before, I'll say this real quickly. We break these down for teaching's sake into three different categories. There's three gifts that reveal something. The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, discerning the spirits, reveal things in the spiritual arena that God wants us to see, wants us to know. A lot of times Brother Hagin called it the spirit of seeing and knowing. You see things, you know things by the spirit that you don't learn. These things the Holy Spirit tells you to be able to help people, to help you in life sometimes. And then there's three power gifts, which we're starting into tonight. The power gifts are gifts that do something. That's the gift of special faith. And we're going to go into that in great detail tonight. And then the working of miracles and the gifts of healings. That's gifts that do something. And then we got the utterance gifts or the vocal gifts. And that would be prophecy, diverse kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. That's gifts that say something. So we got gifts that reveal something, gifts that do something, and gifts that say something. As those are manifestations of the Holy Ghost, supernatural things that the Holy Ghost does. They're not natural things. You don't learn them, but you learn the Holy Ghost. You learn his movies. You learn his unctions. You learn his promptings. You learn how he does things. And as Christians, we can get ourselves in position to be more sensitive or less sensitive. And I'll tell you, you know, if you're sitting around watching nasty stuff on TV all day long or on the Internet, chances are the Holy Ghost is going to talk to you right then. Amen. Amen. If you're sleeping with people you shouldn't be sleeping with and doing things you shouldn't be doing, chances are Holy Ghost isn't going to be doing a lot of moving there except to tell you, stop, stop, get out, go. Amen. But when you're a person... That's dedicate your life to Jesus, and nobody's perfect but Jesus. But your person decides, I want to live for God. Every day, I want to go to church as much as I can because the church that teach about God, at the ballpark, they don't teach about God. At the video place, they don't teach about God. I go to church to teach about God, so I want to know Him better. Well, the more you put yourself in position to know Him better, and you're in an atmosphere of faith, then the Holy Spirit's going to start showing up. And then as you recognize him in church, then on your job and family situations, all of a sudden you'll recognize, hey, wait a minute. I think the Holy Spirit's wanting to do something here in my family reunion. I think the Holy Spirit's wanting to do something in the break room. I think he wants to, I recognize in him. Can you see what I'm saying? We've got to get ourselves in position, but the church is a good training ground. Plus, it's a good place for people to get blessed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. And it says... The manifestations given us to profit are to better everybody. So I want you to notice in verse 9, in verse 9 again, it talked about these gifts. It says this, to another faith by the same Spirit. So he's talking about the gift of faith, and this is what we're going to talk about. And the Amplified Bible actually says wonder-working faith. Wonder-working faith. And then another translation calls it Special faith. And so because we're talking about gifts of the Spirit, this isn't just regular faith. 
that believers get. I want to show you that in the Word of God. And so we're going to look at some things about different types of faith the Bible talks about because this is special faith that only shows up as God wills. You can't pray this up. You can't prophesy it up. You can't sing it up. This is as the Holy Spirit wills to move just as He would in an utterance through prophecy or tongues or anything else. The gift of special faith is only as the Holy Spirit wills. And so I want to look at some things that it's not. Now go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. I'm going to look at verse 8 and verse 9. And we're talking about the gift. The gift of the Spirit called faith in the King James. Or special faith. Supernatural faith. And so Ephesians 2 verse 8 says this. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now this is saving faith, or Brother Hagin calls it general faith, that God gives every believer. But you notice the gift of special faith says he only gives to some as he wills. And so that tells you right there we're talking about two different things. Special faith doesn't show up all the time. It's as God wills. But here he says, he gives us faith to be saved as a gift from God. Now, I want you to go back to Romans chapter 12 and talk about this faith, <clears throat> saving faith. Romans 12, verse 3. That does you good to write these verses down and look at them again when you get home. Romans 12, verse 3. The Holy Spirit said through Paul, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man, or to every person that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man, to every man, the measure of faith. Well, that's saving faith. And what he's telling you right there is this. In the gift of special faith, it's like working of miracles, gifts of healings, uh, diverse kinds of tongues, the gift of tongues, not your prayer language of tongues, but the gift of tongues, working in miracles, those only show up on occasion as God wills, not to every man, but to some people he chooses to use of those things. But here he says in saving faith, he gives to every man. He says, I give to every man the measure of faith. And so what God is saying, he gives to every human being the opportunity to get saved. He puts it in their heart. They need to know him. And then, you know, I'd like, like in Romans chapter 2, it talks about even people in nations today that are non-Christian nations said God preaches to them through the stars. Says he preaches to them through nature that he's out there and they just need to call upon him because they see him in nature. So God makes sure everybody has the chance to get born again. Says he gives to every man the measure of faith. Says by grace is saved through faith. And so can you see the difference? That's the kind of faith that everybody has. But I want you to go to one more place now. Go to Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Romans 10, verse 17. Now we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit and special faith. Romans 10, verse 17 says this, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And so he tells us here, that you can actually add to your faith and grow your faith, your saving faith. God gives you the measure of faith to get saved, but then you can feed that faith on the Word of God, and that faith will begin to grow. Then you can have faith to be healed. 
You could have faith to tithe. You could have faith to love. You could have faith to forgive. You could have faith to pray. Your faith grows as you feed on it, but the gift of special faith is not something that grows because that's a manifestation of the Spirit. That's an entirely different thing. Can you see what I'm saying? He says he gives to every man the measure of faith, but then he says the gift of special faith is as he wills individually. He may use you the gift of special faith sometimes, may never use it. But the whole thing is, it says God wants to, he does these things. And the more we recognize the Holy Ghost, the more we know the Word of God, then the more we're going to be able to be sensitive to yield to him if you ever want to do something through us. Amen? Can't you see the difference in the faiths? That's what I want you to see. Because non-denominational, spirit-filled people think that faith's all just one thing. You put all the faith in one sack, shake it up, and everybody's got faith. Well, they do have saving faith. But everybody's not using the gift of special faith. But we want to be, don't we? Amen. And you know, you know, I think about what he tells us in the Corinthians. He says we're supposed to desire spiritual gifts. We're supposed to covet spiritual gifts. He wants us to flow in the supernatural. And so, wonder-working faith is as the Spirit wills. Now, I want you to look at one more, one, one, one more faith he talks about. Look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Galatians 5, <clears throat> verse 22. And you know, uh, I think a lot of times it helps us to see what something's not so we can better understand what it is. And so we can see that the gift of special faith, the gift of the Spirit faith, is not what you get saved with. That is a gift from God, Ephesians 2 says, but it's not the gift, it's not the gift of faith. It's saving faith from God. And so Galatians 5, verse 22 says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. Well, there's faith again. Faith, meekness, temperance, against such there's no law. And so this is talking about a fruit of the born-again Spirit, not a gift of the Spirit. And actually, the Greek word here for faith, if you've got a modern translation, your Bible probably says faithfulness. And so the, the faith here is for character. The fruit of the Spirit, I like to say it this way when I read this passage here, the fruit of the Spirit is actually the character of God. God is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, temperance. That's who God is. God has self-control, total self-control. God's totally long-suffering. I mean, you look at all those things there, but then the fruit of the Spirit of the believer is the nature of God in the believer. And so the, 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 the nature of God in us is God's ideal. And the more that we, and you think about fruit, fruit ripens, fruit matures, fruit grows. The more that we yield to the fruit of the Spirit is the more we're yielding to the nature of God in us. And the more we allow the character of God to develop, the more godlike we're going to be. And that's why the Bible says a lot of places says, be godly. Live godly. Well, if you're living godly, godly simply means godlike. If you're going to live like God, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 says, be imitators of God as dear children. Imitate the fathers. And so we're going to imitate God because we're going to act like God would like, would act like if he were on the earth. As a matter of fact, he was on the earth. 
If you want to know what God acts like, go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. See what Jesus acts like. In John chapter 14, Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He said, I only do what the Father does. He said, I only say what the Father says. He says, if the Father says it, I say it. If the Father would do it, I do it. And so that's what, that's what the fruit of the Spirit is, is God's character in us. And you notice the first fruit is love. What does God do? For God so loved the world. What did Jesus do? Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And so we have the fruit of the Spirit in us to be what God would be if he lived on earth again. And he does. We're his sons. We're his daughters. So the more we yield to that fruit, then the more that God is able to work through us. And I want you to write something down. This, this, is, this is a little, little note you need to write. The fruit is for character. The fruit is for character. The gifts are for power, are for ministry. The fruit is for your life to live more like you should live, but then the gifts are for power, are for ministry, for God to use you to help others. You have the Holy Spirit in you help you live right. But then the Holy Ghost anointed on you and through you will help you do things for other people that God wants to do through the power. Does that make sense to you? Amen. Well, God wants you to know that, and he wants you to see that. And so anyway, we're talking tonight about the first of the power gifts, the gift of special faith. And in, in that manual there, I really like the way Brother Hagin breaks it down and helps me to understand it better, to be able to help you better. But the gift of special faith, as I've been studying this again, and the working of miracles works so close, they're so similar that if you don't know the difference, then you can't tell what gifts of manifestation. And what does this have to do with anything? Well, the more we're going to know God and His gifts, the more we know, need to recognize the gifts, what's going on. Okay, the, the, the gift of special faith is passive, it's inactive. It, it receives a miracle. The working of miracles works a miracle. It causes things to happen. Think about Moses at the Red Sea. Moses worked a miracle. He got out there. When he held up his arm, the sea parted and things began to happen. And so Moses, used by God in working of miracles, initiated that miracle. When Jesus turned the water into wine, he initiated a miracle. But then the gift, the gift of special faith receives a miracle. Think about the woman that Elijah came to. She needed to be fed. There was a drought and a famine in the land. And so the prophet, the prophet reached out and told her, said, you feed me something first and your meal will never run out. And your oil will always be there to make the bread, make the cake to eat. So they had a, they had a famine in the land for three and a half years. And the gift of special faith reached into that can every day and pulled out flour for three years that wasn't there. She received that miracle. Every day, she poured that empty-looking bottle every day and cooking oil came out to feed her family with. Every day, her faith, it was, wasn't just human faith. Because how, how, how long can you keep on reaching out on something that's not there before after a while you'll get bored? Think, this isn't working anymore. Three and a half years, this thing's got to be empty. 
Well, the gift of special faith says it's there, it's there, it's there. Keep pouring, keep eating, keep feeding. The gift of special faith receives. Working of miracles works the miracle. Amen. You know, I think about something. You know, sometimes I don't want to, I don't like to tell stuff because it sounds so weird. There's hard people believe them. But when I was a new Christian and I got around this, I, I come, you know, a lot of people say, well, uh, they come into Holy Ghost, they say, well, I came out of the Methodist Church. I came out of the Baptist Church. I came out of the Catholic Church. Well, I came out of the Nazarene Church. I came out of Centerville. I didn't come out of church. I come out of the bar. And so I didn't have anything in my thinking that told me what God couldn't do. Nobody told me tongues wasn't for today. They didn't talk about tongues of the tavern. Yeah, they had some tongues all right, but it was gibberish because they were <laughs> thick tongues from all the drinking. But anyway, they didn't talk about tongues. They didn't come against what God wouldn't do today. They would, I didn't hear any of that. So when I come into a Holy Ghost church like this here, and I saw things happen, new things was happening, all I said was, my name's Jimmy. I tell you, are you giving me? I want to be used, God. I want to be used. And I learned about these things. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about this today, about the gift of special faith in my life. I had a 1975 Vega when I got saved. And, uh, man, I wanted God so much in my life to do everything he wanted to do that I had that Vega. And I didn't want to take time messing around with stuff. I had my truck driving junk, took a lot of job, took a lot of my time. And I didn't want to work on a junk car. And I, I, I wanted to not go dead anymore, so I knew when I was ready to get a car, I was going to get a car God had for me, and he didn't give me permission to get one yet. And so my car, this is wild. They may not be able to put this on the Internet. This is so wild. <laughs> anyway, on that 75 Vega, one day, it was messing up. I raised the hood up, and parts of my carburetor flew off. Something flew out of the carburetor, took off like that, tried to die, so I laid hands on it, and it ran. And so then I said, Lord, I said, I want to get another car. I belong to you now. Until you show me another car, this one has to go. And so I didn't know anything about anything except I heard people talking about faith. So I said, car, you're going to go. And so I took my toolbox and I said, I'm not, I said, I'm not going to get in your way because I heard people tell you don't get in God's way. I went to some friend's house, took my toolbox out, locked it in the garage. I said, now you have to make it work because I don't have any tools. <laughs> so I took my, I took my car there and, uh, I had bald tires on it, and this is wild, but I see now as a gift of special faith breaking things through. I had a tire go flat. I said, Lord, I'm not going to change the tire. So I took off driving to work, and the tire aired up as I got to work. And then my frame got busted in the side, so my car was sitting like that going down the road. I drove my car like that, and don't ever do this. I was a baby Christian. And I realized now the gift of special faith kept that car together. My clutch went out. It was a five-speed. So I drove it with grind and just take off. I'd be able to get it first gear when I started to take off. Then it'd work all the way to work, all the way back. And, uh, you know, I think about those tires. I remember I'd go to work and had this mechanic at the truck dock. He'd see him parked in the parking lot. Hey, Bertie, you got a flat tire. I said, in Jesus' name, it's not. I was a baby. Don't do this stuff. But I realize now how special faith carried me through that season there. He said, well, bring it back and I'll air it up. So he aired it up. I said, Jesus, I'm not going to air it up. I said, okay, if you want to use him, that's okay. And so I'd drive it home on the flat and air it up. And I'd get home. And uh, my, my parents, all of them, they weren't godly people. 
they were actually they were against me for getting saved. But I got a call. My parents lived like probably 50 miles down the road, and so that car there, I didn't drive any place except back and forth to work because I'd be able to go up the road like that and tires aired up, and it was really weird. And one night about seven o'clock, I get a call from my mom, and they 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 disowned me because of my Christianity. They didn't want anything to do with me. So you got a call. And I had some younger brothers. They were all messed up, you know, in and out of jail, just bad stuff. And she said, oh, I want to talk to you. I said, well, go ahead and talk, Mom. And so anyways, said, I want to see you. And I think about my car, because I was in my head, then thinking, no, I just drive this back and forth to work. I don't go 50 miles in it. And so anyway, I said, well, you know, if you talk to me, what I'm going to talk about? I said, I'm going to talk about Jesus. I said, I'm not going to talk that junk anymore. I'm going to talk Jesus. Okay, come on, Dad, you can talk Jesus. She said, I wouldn't expect her to say that. <laughs> so I said, okay, Mom, I'll be down a little bit. And the car I was driving, when I was going back forth to work, I wasn't getting on the main roads. I was hitting side streets and everything. So I just really, I had special faith working, but wasn't special faith for the interstate. So anyway, they was way down the road, nighttime. I knew I had to get up the next day and come to work. So I said, okay, Jesus. This is a chance to minister for you to my mom. And so I said, I'm going to go down there. I'm getting on the interstate. I'm driving the highway speed all the way. So I got out there with my flat tire. Might have had a couple flat tires even. I got out there. It wasn't 7 o'clock in the morning. This was at night. I got out there. I put it first started up and it took off. And I was able to shift my gears. I just got out there mad as I started going. The bump, bump, bump left and started running smooth. Got on the interstate. Ran all the way down there. Got on the main highway. Ran down there. and got down there. And everything worked perfect, shifted everything, everything they was supposed to do. Shared Jesus that night with my dad and my mom, did what I was supposed to do down there. Got back the next day, I got up, looked out the flat tire out in their driveway. Oh, Jesus, thank you, Lord. Said, I got to get to work on time, Jesus. So got down there, it takes off, bumpy bump, bump, then the air got in it. Got to work, back the mechanic comes out and says, hey, that tire's still flat. Pull back and I air it up. I said, okay, Mac, go ahead and air it up. Aired it up, but anyway... That car, I drove that car to the police pulled me over one day. <laughs> I was driving down the road, and I was looking this way, because the wheels were going that way. And this policeman pulled me over, and I had my great big King James Bible. I had a Thompson, if you know what a Thompson is, I had my Thompson. I had my Thompson Bible. It was, you know, about that big, about that thick, and I had a seat beside me, and... I was a young guy, but I got rid of my afro by then. I had an afro and beard, but I got saved. I got rid of my, I mean, I was clean cut by then. So the policeman pulled me over. He comes over there and says, are you okay? And he looked at me and saw my Bible. I know that's the first thing he saw my Bible. And, you know, I saw him like that. And I said, yeah, I'm okay. And he said, you know, he's going down the road sideways. And I said, he said, that's why I pulled you over. I wanted to make sure. I said, I'm okay. He looked at it. He walked around my car and looked at it. He saw the wheels that way of my car this way. And he said, well, he said, I can't tell you not to, but I think it would be a good idea if you park this. I said, okay. So I parked it. So I got another car after that there. God bless. But the whole thing, what I'm saying is, that wasn't just some new Christian's faith that caused things to happen. I was at a Holy Ghost church. I heard about the supernatural. But I want to say it again. Don't try this at home. That was dumb, 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 dumb. But God honored me where I was, and that special faith kicked in to cause things to happen. He kept, he kept me safe and protected because of the gift of special faith. Pulled that tire up, healed that carburetor, and kept things going. 
that kept me from going to jail. Amen. So can you see how that received a miracle? It caused things to happen. But anyway, I want to look in the Word of God now at, 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 at Acts chapter 12. I don't want you to see how this gift of special faith operates in the, faith operates in the life of a believer. And uh, many times, many times in the New Testament, special faith was an operation to protect people and keep them from harm, keep them from danger. But that's the case here at Acts chapter 12. I want to read this. I want you to see some things here. Verse 1 says, Now about that time Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex or to harass certain of the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. In other words, they beheaded one of the apostles. Killed James, brother John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. That, these were the days of unleavened bread. And so he wanted to cut off Peter's head too. And so when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quartiums uh, of soldiers. And that means squads of four forms. So had 16 soldiers to guard this seriously evil, bad, thug, murdering Christian apostle named Peter. He wasn't any of those things. He was a believer. He was a preacher. And those religious demons wanted to cut his head off. Would you say that's a pretty fearful situation? You already saw James got his head cut off. So they put him in prison and got all these soldiers guarding him to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church. Sitting in prayers, hon. No, they didn't go on Facebook sending prayers, hon. Hey, can I tell you about the sending prayers, hon, one more time? You don't send prayers to the hun. You send them to the Father. Then the Father sends the power to the hun. Hey, man, every time I see that, it just tells me these people don't know much about the Lord, or they wouldn't send prayers to hun. They send them to heaven, and then heaven send the answer to hun. Oh, well. Anyway, prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and the keepers before the door kept the prison. Think about this. I don't care how much regular faith you got. If you're a believer and just regular faith is an operation, they've already cut your fellow preacher's head off. You're in prison. This mean king says your head's coming off tomorrow. Got 16 soldiers guarding you. Four of them right there, and you're chained with these soldiers. You're not laying there sleeping. You probably got diarrhea. (laughs) No, I'm being real about life. You know, when your body is in stress, it's really hard to control your body. Your body does things. You try to stop it. If you've ever been in a stressful situation, no matter how much faith you got, your heart's going crazy, your stomach's doing things, Things are going on. I tell you what, you're not doing. You're not laying there sound asleep. You say, "Oh, I can't wait to get up. Today's the day I get my head chopped off. Oh, it's going to be a good day. I get to meet Jesus. My head gets chopped off today." That's a supernatural gift of special faith caused him to receive from God to go to sleep because the gift of special faith enabled him to ignore the soldiers, the threats, the harassment, the things going on, and 
what God blesses you in the midst of crisis to be able to let loose of all fear, all worries, and just sleep like a believer. I never sleep like a baby, by the way, because I've seen too many of my grandbabies. They don't sleep too good sometimes. I don't want to sleep like some of them sleep. I want to sleep like a believer. He said he gives sweet sleep to believers. He said he gives his beloved sleep. And so when I go to sleep, I never say, Jesus, help me sleep like a baby. Why not? Because I, I don't want to wake up at 2 o'clock. I don't want to get fed at 3 o'clock. I don't want to have my diaper changed. I don't want to do that. I want to sleep like a believer. And so I suggest to use it to know the power of words and you can have what you pray. Start praying and say, Lord, thank you. Help me sleep like a believer. Be bad, sweet sleep. So anyway, Peter's laying there sleeping like a believer. And then <clears throat> notice this. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. It wasn't a light from the candles. It was a light from the Lord through that angel. And he smote Peter on the side and raised him up. Now, is that, is that peaceful sleep or what? He's laying there. He's so soundly asleep that that angel's there. An angel had to hit him to make him wake up. That's special faith. God hid him to draw from God the peace of God to be able to sleep in that prison, in that situation, saying, Arise up quickly. And then look at this. Supernatural. And his chains fell off from his hands. Well, I'd call that a miracle, wouldn't you? But he had worked the miracle. He received the miracle. Amen. And the angel said unto him, <clears throat> Gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. Now I want you to notice something there. This is something really important. God won't do what you can do. Peter couldn't make the chains come off. He didn't to get dressed. The angel didn't dress him. He didn't say, okay, angel, dress me. You notice? Uh, i got to think about us sometimes. God, uh, pick out my clothes. God, this, that, et cetera, et cetera. I pray, I pray for, to be, be smart about colors and stuff, but God's not going to dress you. God's not going to get your shoes out. God knows you know how to do that, and if you're too untidy to have things in order, that you do like some people, you say, oh, Lord, show me where they're at. Then next time, Lord, show me where they're at. Lord, next time, then you're going to start noticing to show me where you're at, start wearing out, because he's thinking, come on, clean it up, get together, put things in order. I got better things to do than tell you all the time that you threw your shoe over here, you threw your shoe over here, and you come in, threw your purse over here, you threw your keys down there again. <laughs> okay, so anyway, what he couldn't do was get the chains off. What he could do is get dressed, and he went out and followed him, and did not that it was true. And see, this shows you what's going on there. That faith had him so much surrounded in it, he wasn't even sure this was happening. He thought he was dreaming. <clears throat> he thought he saw a vision. He didn't think it was true what was done by the angel. But says when they were past the first and second ward, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. He's receiving miracle after miracle after miracle because God manifested the Holy Ghost on him and through him received miracles. God caused this to happen of its own accord, and they went out and passed on through one street and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Whoo! Now I know for sure 
The Lord sent his angel and delivered me out of the hand of Herod for all the expectation of the people of the Jews. So I want you to think about this. That wasn't Peter using his faith to get out of there. He was all ready to die, and God gave him supernatural sleep. And he said, man, I'm not even sure this is happening. He got out and said, wow, man, that cold night air outside hit him. He said, whoo, this is real. I'm out here. This really happened. So how much faith was it on Peter's part that that happened? That's a gift of special faith come to work to him. He received safety, deliverance, victory, miracles from God because the Holy Ghost manifested individually as he will into Peter. Just go to sleep, Peter. Don't worry about it. I got this. And in our lives, we have to realize Daniel and the lion's den. You know, I think about Daniel and the lion's den. What did he do in the lion's den? He went in there surrounded by hungry lions and he slept. The gift of special faith will cause you to sleep in the midst of crisis. It'll bring peace to you. And while you're sleeping, God's working. And so Daniel got the next day, the king hollered Daniel. Daniel, are you okay? He said, yeah, the Lord, the Lord closed the lion's mouth. And I slept. How are you going to sleep with hungry lions that like to eat believers if God's not with you? Amen. So anyway, that, that's just some of the things of the gifts of the Spirit. You see, the power gifts, we're going to look at working of miracles next week, that works a miracle. The gift of special faith receives the miracle. And so there's things that God wants to do in our lives. And the more we see how he does things in the Bible, then the more he's going to be able to use us. And then sometimes we're going to recognize that our lives, that's a gift of special faith. That's a gift of special faith brought that in. I didn't have faith for that. Special faith drew that into me. And I think about some of the blessings I've seen in life. God draws things to us sometimes beyond our faith. You know, I guess faith brings in dump trucks, doesn't it? Brought me one a couple weeks ago. Oh, well, anyway, that's, that's a whole other story. When you live for God and let God use you as he will, if people are looking at you and you think Wonder Woman was something or Spider-Man or some of these other people, we really are supernatural men. We're supernatural women. God will use some of us to raise dead. God will use some of us to call broken bones to come together as we touch them. God will use some of us to read somebody's mail and get them out of a horrible situation they were trapped in and they knew not how to get out. They cried out to God and God sent you. And then you knew to recognize the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge. You recognized it and you yielded to it and God used you. And all you can say is, thank you, Jesus, for using me. I want to be used more. Amen? Amen. Well, let's stand up. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.